Good to see all of you this morning. It's great to be back after our little trip up north and having the adventures that we had. I know that many of you are glad that bail money was not involved in our travels as we were trying to get to Montana and back. I will let you know, take it from me, that there are certain things that the TSA frowns on you trying to get through security. Just admit your fault. It's a whole lot easier and faster, uh, and you don't have to go through severe searching as you deal with all of that. I want to remind everybody, we have devotional tonight at 6 p.m. here at the building. Looking forward to seeing you back here at that time as we, we get moving into new territory a little bit, because we only really have a couple of more devos this, left this month before we get into something a little new on Sunday evening for July and August, and I encourage you to pick up a bulletin if you haven't already to read the Joie de Vivre to get a little bit of insight. There'll be more information on that coming out as we get closer. Want to remind everyone about Life Group, sign up in the back, and I know a lot of you are like, wait a minute, I saw your description of Life, life Group, Jeremy, and that didn't seem like what we were doing in the past. Good job. <laughs> You're right. It's not. But sign up, please. And one last thing before we get into the lesson. Did you guys notice it was the world was a little bit brighter today? Yes. Nick did. With Shelly's baptism on Wednesday night, a little bit more light was added to the world. Excellent news to hear while we were thousands of miles away. Wishing we could have been here to experience that with you, but glad, Shelly, for you and Thankful for the decision that you made. We rejoice along with the Father and his angels for the decision that you made. Welcome to the family, for real. A couple of weeks ago, I'd asked you guys to uh, start reading through the book of Mark. I gave you two weeks to read the first chapter of Mark. I'm encouraged that so many of you have done that and are looking forward to reading Mark chapter 2 this week. Uh, as we prepare for next week's study, just wanting to remind you that as we were going through Mark chapter 1, or going through the book of Mark, excuse me, is that we were going to be looking at Jesus as the trailblazer, as the one who sets the path for us, and we follow in his footsteps, and we talked about how the authority that Jesus was teaching with is the same authority that is available to us today. And so I thought it would be good, since it's been a couple of weeks since we were there, we'd get back into Mark chapter 1 and just look at what one day in the life of Jesus looked like. And our reading this morning was from Mark chapter 10 and verse 45. I appreciate John giving us that reading, but it says there, For even the Son of Man did not come to serve, to be served, excuse me, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. Uh, this becomes a description for Jesus' ministry. And I think the whole point is that the days that Jesus spent on this earth were not spent idle. He actually had a purpose, and he was working to accomplish that purpose, and that purpose was service. Now, this day that we actually see outlined for us in the first chapter deals with a lot of that service. When you look at Mark chapter 1, starting in verse 16, we see him calling Andrew, Peter, James, and John. That's a fun little interaction between them. And I'd just like to draw to your attention how radical that call was and how radical their answer was. It doesn't seem like they hemmed and hawed and, you know, thought about it for a little bit, but Jesus calls them and then they follow. Verses 21 through 27, we see him teaching 
in the synagogue, and the people are amazed at his teaching. There's an unclean spirit and a man that comes out, and he casts this unclean spirit out. It's in verse 28, <coughs> excuse me, that we're going to actually start our time this morning. As we look at what it says there, it says, immediately the news about him began to spread everywhere into all the surrounding district of Galilee. So Jesus' fame grows, and because of that fame on this particular day, we see what's going to be happening as the day ends. But before we even get there, I want to just say for one thing and get it just straight in our minds. I want us to think about and really lock into our brains that when we start talking about Jesus serving, that Jesus's service was selfless, is selfless. All right? Get it in your head. Lock that idea in because that's going to be the basis of our service. That our service is not meant to glorify us. It's not meant to glorify anything other than the Father. That we put aside our dignity in one, in one way or another. Or even thoughts of superiority. And we voluntarily assume equality with other people. And this becomes a challenge, I think. Right? Because how many times do we just feel superior to other people? And it could be in a bunch of different ways, right? How many of us think we're a better driver than everybody else out on the road? We talked about this already. Leger even admitted it. I think it's one of the great challenges of humanity is that we think we're better than everybody else. But if anyone had the right to come to this earth and say, I'm better than you, it's Jesus. Because he is better than us, right? But we do not see Jesus acting in this way. We see Jesus treating his creation as equal, dealing with humans as humans, not as some fire and brimstone God yeah, acting in a way that's superior or acting in such a way that would make them perceive that he is superior in those ways, but he humbles himself, treating all as equal. And his service, day in, day out, was this way. It was in his nature to be selfless. His teaching, he's casting out demons, his healing, never, ever were used as a means to embellish himself. Look at verse uh, 34, just as an example. He says, and he, was heal he healed many who were ill with various diseases, cast out many demons, and he was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. Or you go to verse 44. See that you say nothing to anyone. This is after he had healed the man with leprosy. But go show yourself to the priest and offer your cleansing what Moses commanded as a testimony to them. And it's amazing to me. Yeah, Sonny and I have started watching the, that TV program, The Chosen. Have you guys watched that yet? Anybody watched it? If you haven't, I highly recommend it. Highly recommend it. But last night's episode was dealing with Nicodemus talking to Mary Magdalene after the demons have been, Jesus had cast the demons out of her. And Nicodemus is just incredulous with the idea that, he would, that Jesus would perform miracles yet not seek credit. He was astonished that he, he wasn't using this instance to embellish his own reputation, uh, bring about prestige for himself as a teacher. But this is Jesus in his selfless service. And so we got to ask ourselves a question at this point before we even get into getting to Simon Peter's house. Is that how we serve? 
Or do we take some kind of twisted motive in our service, trying to make ourselves look better in the eyes of people? Who do they see in our service? Do they see Jeremy? Or do they see Jesus? But this is a question that Mark chapter 1 drives us to that we have to answer. And we have to be able to answer it actually before we can even get to the whole section of Simon Peter and his mother-in-law. Because if we're concerned that people only see us in our service, we are not following in the footsteps of Jesus. That when people see us in our service, they should see our Lord. They should see Jesus in our actions. It's kind of like what Chris was talking about in class this morning about love. So how's our service? Where are we at in that? And then the text continues in verse 29, if you're already there, Mark chapter 1. So after he has cast out the unclean spirits, in the, unclean spirit in the man, excuse me, he has left the synagogue and they came into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was lying sick with a fever and immediately they spoke to Jesus about her. And he came to her and raised her up, taking her by the hand, and the fever left her, and she waited on them. When evening came, after the sun had set, they began bringing to him all who were ill and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city had gathered at the door. And he healed many who were ill with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. So here we get to the end of the day, all right? Now, Jesus has just spent, he's already done quite a bit up to this point. He's done some teaching, he's done some healing, and now they're going to go to Simon's house. And how many of us are like that when we get home? We're like, yeah, I can't wait to get home and actually do more work. <laughs> Jesus shows up at Simon's house, or he doesn't just show up. He goes to Simon's house, and his mother-in-law is sick. They bring it to Jesus' attention. And what does Jesus do? He's like, oh, well, I better get her healed because I'm pretty hungry. That's not the attitude he takes. She chooses service after her healing, but that's not the attitude we see Jesus presenting. Jesus has just spent most of the day serving. He gets home and, or gets to Simon's home and continues to serve. And this is just the beginning, right? Because you have an entire city having heard of this man in the synagogue who had an unclean spirit and being cleansed of that unclean spirit in the synagogue. The entire city has heard about this. Well, how many sick people do you think exist in this city? How many people with afflictions exist in this city? How many people who have unclean spirits exist in this city? But there's a problem. It's the Sabbath. We've got to wait for the Sabbath to be over. And you can almost imagine it in your mind. Traditionally, yeah, from what the rabbis were teaching during this time, is that when three stars were out in the night, that began the Sabbath, and then three stars the next night ended the Sabbath. And so you can almost imagine people sitting in their homes, looking out the window, going, do you see three yet? You see three? You got three over there? Okay, load up, let's go. Waiting so that they can go to this house Simon, Simon's house with his mother-in-law to bring this man all of those who were afflicted with various diseases, all of those who had demons and unclean spirits. 
Jesus thought his day was long before. How long does it take to heal everybody in Capernaum who's sick? How long does it take to cast out all of these demons and unclean spirits? But one of the things that we do notice from the text is that time was not the problem and the problems were not the problem. There was no problem too complex for Jesus to deal with. There was nothing too messy for Jesus to get his hands dirty with. This is service. Oh, and how different Jesus is from us in a lot of ways. Because how often do we avoid certain people with certain problems? Well, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with that guy over there. He's got. He's got a problem with alcohol. I don't want to go talk to that person over there. He's got a drug problem. Now, oh, those are a little bit too crazy, right? I don't want to talk to that person because they're in a completely different economic bracket than us. Well, I'm going to stay away from that person over there, you know, because that's an unwed mother. You know, it's interesting that Mark didn't put out there for us in the text that Jesus made this big handwritten sign that said, only, you know, those with diabetes and TB are being treated today. Everyone, everyone that had need went to Jesus, and everyone who had need had their needs met by Jesus. Well, maybe that's, maybe that's what Mark's trying to get into our thick skulls at this point. You know, we sit here in our, our little holy huddle, not actually acknowledging the fact that there are people who are sick in this town. Not willing to acknowledge the fact that there are people in this town that need help and they need Jesus. And that it's God who put us in this town to be Christ's ambassadors to those who need that help. Do we, do we acknowledge here today that into our care has been given the salve for what plagues mankind? How comprehensive is our service? Jesus was equal opportunity on this one. And I, I'm not convinced that we can give lip service to that whole everyone is equal in our service and the way that we do things. That this is actually something that has to be put, we have to put some legs on it. 
we actually have to prove what we believe. We have to be selfless. We have to be comprehensive yeah, in the way that we serve everyone. And, I, and I'm not so naive to, to not think, and I'm, I'm willing to admit this, guys, I'm, to say that, there was, that everyone came to Jesus there in Mark chapter 1 with absolutely pure motives, that they, they weren't just looking for something, you know, trying to get something for nothing, they were, or just using Jesus. We know that that was the case in other sections of the Scripture. And Jesus himself will even call them out on it. He says, you, you came just because I fed you. That didn't stop him from feeding them, though, did it? And, I, and really, can you blame the people in town for wanting to bring those who were sick? If you had a sick child, would you have brought him to Jesus? Absolutely you would have. There would be no hesitation. You'd probably run. But there are those who will come to Jesus, not for the hope of what they can get out of him, but because they understand what he is actually there to provide. Beyond the physical sicknesses and challenges that people will have. So really, I guess the question we've got we've to answer is who are we like? in our service. Who are we like in these stories? Are we like the crowds that just came because Jesus fed us and we get a free meal and we can move on to doing whatever we want to do after that? Are we, are we those who are actually seeking what Jesus has to truly offer us? And in turn, turning around and, act, and serving, Simon's mother-in-law becomes a great example of this, right? Yeah, because she's healed and what does she do? She immediately takes the gift that was given to her and bounces it out to everybody that is around her in the way that she serves those in the house. She was healed, so she ministered. We're saved, we are healed, so we can minister. And I'm, I think, guys, that what we see here in Mark chapter 1 is not the exception, but the rule for Jesus' life. This is how he lived daily. Yeah, this is one glimpse into some specifics of Jesus' service, whether it's in the synagogue, yeah, whether it's at Simon's mother-in-law's or as we get into the end of the chapter, even on the street. And you know what that tells me? You know what that should actually tell us? Wherever there's trouble, wherever there's need, wherever there were people, Jesus was there. And here's the deal. Wherever there's trouble, wherever there's need, wherever there's people, Jesus is still there. People can get a sermon at church. These guys got a sermon in the synagogue any day of the week from a rabbi on whatever particular law at that point that they wanted to be focused on. But these people that came to Jesus experienced something powerful. They experience something effective. And that is what God promises, continues to promise to mankind through his son. And he has put us here now to show them what powerful, effective healing looks like. And the way that we show it is through our service. 
that we can't just sit in our houses where it's comfortable and we got the AC cranked down to 45 just because of the humidity is so great we have to swim to our cars every morning. <laughs> but he put us here for that purpose. How's our service? Are we following the footsteps of the master on this one? What's a day in our life look like? And if we were to ask some observer to look at our life and just say, hey, tell me what a day in my life looks like. Tell me what you see me doing during that day. How would they explain it to you? Would you be characterized as a servant or just characterized as everybody else out there in the world, grouchy? Looking out for yourself. Because the Son of Man came to serve, not to be served. That rolls over onto us as well. We're here to serve. And the church can serve in various ways as a, as a united body. But it's also meant to serve as individuals in the community where we find ourselves located. So here's your challenge for the week as we follow the master. You ready? It's not sit someplace different next week. That one about got me. That was almost a moving sermon. One act of service per day that's not to someone sitting in this room. So I mean, you've got to look around and actually see who's sitting here. One act of service per day to someone not sitting or standing in this room. That's the challenge that Jesus puts before us as Mark writes about him. Brian's got a song that we're going to stand and sing here in a moment. And as we sing the song, let's do some, some serious self-examination on this. And look at what the master is calling us to be through his example. And doing what Jesus did in his life is what we're being called to. And maybe you find yourself falling short on that and ready to pick yourself up out of the gutter on that. Get out of the rut that you found yourself in and looking to make confession and repentance before the body. Seeking counsel from the elders. Accountability from your brothers and sisters. The encouragement that's found and strengthening that's found of like-minded people praying for you and strengthening you in this. This is the time for that. You might just be ready through study, through prayer, through observation to make the ultimate commitment and confession. That as you see Jesus working and operating in the scriptures and you see the, that what he has accomplished for each person who is willing through his death, burial, and resurrection to say and make the great confession, the greatest confession a man could ever make, that Jesus is the Son of God. And I am ready to be his servant, for him to be my Lord, and I'm ready to die today. Be buried in the waters of baptism, raise this new creature, added to the kingdom, conscience cleansed, all of those benefits that come from a removal, with a removal of sin. This is also an opportunity for you. 
that I'm convinced that every time God allows you to draw breath, that's one more opportunity for you to humble yourself before him and make that confession. And if you're ready to do that this morning, this is the time. Come while we stand and sing.